God's grace and his mercy and his peace are all yours from the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God's word for his people today is our second lesson from the book of Revelation. Just a couple verses to read again. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and twelve stars on her head. And then in verse 5, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Loved ones. It's not hard, is it, to, to look around and read the signs and tell what season it is, is it? There is a wreath on just about every door. Hopefully, peanut blossoms on just about every counter and jingle bells on all the, spe- on all the speakers. It's Christmas season. You just look at the signs and you know that it's there. But the holidays aren't the only season that you can tell by reading the signs. For instance, your glasses make the way, their way to the end of your nose a lot more when you want to read, and there's nothing wrong with your glasses. It takes you two weeks to recover from things that used to take two days. You notice that you get more of a thrill out of teaching someone to do something than you do in doing it yourself. And an early bedtime appeals to you more than staying out late. The signs are all there. It's that season. It's middle age. In our gospel lesson for today, God tells us to to look around and see the signs of what time it is. But he's not talking about holidays or, or even a time in life. He's talking about looking around and reading the signs and seeing what time of history it is. Look at what stage we're in, in God's plan of salvation. And he says to you, see the signs and know what season it is. A lot of times people make the mistake of thinking that the book of Revelation is a book about the future. And they read some things in the book of Revelation that seem like some pretty scary images and think then that if the book of Revelation is about the future, well then the future is pretty scary. And that's the exact opposite of what God wants you to believe. The book of Revelation is actually more about the present and what's going on, but from God's point of view, as he sees behind all of the visible things that we can observe and tells us about all the spiritual things that we can't detect that are really going on in the world. Just one example of this, you and I see Christians being persecuted all over the world, thousands of them dying for their faith and millions being mistreated because of our belief in Jesus. But what God sees, as that's going on, And even as people are are, are dying for their faith, is their souls rejoicing that they're out of this sinful world and gathering in countless numbers before his throne to praise him forever. 
It's about the present and what's happening right now. And actually, in our, our lesson for today, we have God telling us not even about the present or the future, but really about something that happened in the past. Could you guess what event of the past that God was picturing by describing a, a pregnant woman in the sky surrounded by light who gives birth to a baby that, that is in danger of being devoured by this multi-headed dragon but is, is taken away for a short amount of time and at least kept safe. I'll give you a hint. When God wants you to know what he thinks of you, he often pictures himself as a groom, as a husband who is head over heels in love with his wife and you as that wife. As a groom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. And husbands, love your wives just as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for her. The woman in this sign, this vision, is us. God's church whom he loves. The woman surrounded by light in this vision is us. God's church whose purpose in this world is to take the light of God's forgiveness and love and salvation that he shines on us and give it off to the world around us. And the ultimate act of love that God shined on us was when one of us had a baby. We heard about this one of us in our gospel lesson for today. It was Mary. Mary who gave birth to the one that our lesson today calls the shepherd of all nations. Does that sound familiar? Don't we love to hear that the Lord is our shepherd? This vision is about the birth of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Obviously, somebody didn't like God's Son being born into this world. Someone didn't like that there was a Savior that came. And so he describes Satan and all of the influence that he has on this world to harm us and our faith as this multi-headed dragon wearing these crowns called diadems, which were were only a crown that someone wore if they wanted to replace God in people's lives. Not just be a regular king, but, but also someone who was worshipped. And the dragon is powerful too. Powerful enough to sweep stars out of the sky and brash enough that he wants to take on God's son. The woman is God's church, her baby is Jesus, and the dragon is the collection of God's enemies and ours who want to harm us, especially when it comes to our faith. Do you see the signs that all this is true? That all this is going on right now? Do you see the signs in the world? The longer human beings have to deal with the problem of sin, you would think the better we would get at it. But aren't we becoming more violent? Haven't we invented more ways to harm and hurt each other? When we get something good, don't we use that for selfish means? No matter what it does to other people. And haven't we 
tried again and again throughout history to change God's direction about what a family is supposed to be and find there's a lot of heartache there when we mess with God's plan and design. Satan is subtle, but he is powerful, working on us in the world to make us wonder, ah, is God going to do anything about this? And don't you see the signs that Satan is at work with his influences in God's church as well? People who ought to know better hurt each other with words of anger or maybe just the inaction of neglect towards people whom God tells us to love. People publicly proclaim that they are Christian when they are here and then leave this place and it's hard to tell whether we are or not. Faith fades and that's exactly what the world is working on us to do. It's powerful. Powerful trying to make us turn into the color of the world, telling us that, that our greatest goal in life is to be normal instead of to be people who shine the light of God's glory and His love. Do you see signs in your own heart of being worn down by the influence that the world wants to have on you? Sinful things that you once saw on a screen and made you turn the channel now seem like no big deal to you because you've gotten used to them. You've heard every time at this year that argument between whether we should call this time of year Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas, and the argument really hasn't changed your mind as to what you call the holidays, but maybe in your heart you've gotten a little bit more bitter and angry towards people who think differently than you. Instead of looking at people who think differently than you as people whom you are to love and with whom you are to share God's love. Or sometimes you just wonder, if this world is so bad, why doesn't God just take me out of it? The world is powerful and its influence is subtle. It's always working on us to try to get us to lose our faith. We see the signs everywhere in the world that maybe God isn't as powerful as the Bible would claim he is. But if all we read is the signs in the world and in our own hearts, that's the conclusion we'll read. But God says, listen to the other signs. There are more signs. Even though the world is powerful against us, it is not overwhelming because of the signs that he gives us in his word. Remember what those angels said when they first announced the birth of Jesus. A Savior has been born to you. You want some kind of sign that the Savior has been born, that the all-powerful God of the world is here to save you? Look for a little baby. Oh, and don't look for him in a hospital or a house. Look for him in a manger, a feeding trough, wrapped up in some cloths. Things that are, are, are often most visible and impressive to us are not the things that God usually works through, the things that are least visible, the things that are least easy to tell that God's power is behind them are where it is. 
a little baby, God's son. That's what made Elizabeth rejoice, was that her relative was pregnant. But that birth was going to save the world. Even though Satan attacked him from the very first day that he was born. Influencing people in the world to try to kill him, even if it, just to make sure he had to kill all of the other children that might have been his age in his neighborhood. But he missed by God's intervention. And as he grew up, tempted in every way as you were, just was without sin. And one of the things we have is that Satan said to him directly, hit your knee just for a minute, just bow to me, just pray to me once, and you can get out of all the suffering that you know is in store for you. I'll just give you the world. Jesus said, nope. And he missed. Because Jesus had God's word that said, worship the Lord and serve him only. How Jesus must have been tempted as he was suffering and dying to say, I don't deserve this. But you know what? That was why he was here, because he didn't deserve to die. A perfect life. He was the only one who didn't deserve to go to hell. He had ever walked the face of this earth, but he said, I don't want you to know what hell is like ever. I'll go through it for you. And even though you don't deserve it, you get heaven. And here are the signs that he says, that until you get there, I will take care of you. You know, it's interesting. Um, if you think that living in Wisconsin is flat, you should try living in New Mexico for five years. We lived about 200, year, uh, 200 miles from the closest airport, which meant that any time we went, wanted to travel, we had to do a lot of driving. Even when we got back, we had about a three-hour drive to where we were, were going home. and. After you drove about two hours, you would see off in the distance the lights of our hometown. And you'd say, yes, we're almost there. And then you'd see a sign that said, 40 miles. Oh, we still have that long to go. But you know what? I was more awake for those last 40 miles than any other miles on that trip. Because I knew it was almost home. Because the sign said so. And that's what God says to you today. You have a lot of enemies in this world because you are on the side of Jesus. But I want you to read the signs and remember that you're almost home. Read the signs when you see a child baptized, that through water and the word, God has called you his own child and promises, I will take care of you. No matter what hardship or heartache you have to go through in this world, I am with you, I will answer your prayers, and I will give you the strength to get through it. And read the signs as you hear his promises. Today, the Savior is born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That whenever God makes a promise, he always keeps it. And read the signs as you have a little bread and wine that Jesus says, this is my body and blood. That no matter what you've done, no matter how bad or how much you've sinned, Jesus says, that's on me. And God forgives you. The woman in this vision was taken into the desert for 1,260 days. We really don't know what that number means other than that God has put a limit on the amount of time that you have to be in this world and to deal with it. 
and its enmity against you. And during that time, he promises he will take care of you. The signs that we read of the season may stress you out because they remind you of all the things that you haven't got done before Christmas. The signs of old age or middle age may discourage you because you realize all the things maybe that you haven't done in this life that you want to. But the signs of the season today that God shows us assure us that God is serious, serious about saving you. And that's what he's done in Jesus. And serious about taking care of you until he takes you home. He always has been, and he always will be. This is God's word.